Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the Light, the Fight podcast. Welcome to the OG Therapy. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of OG Therapy here on Light the Fight. As always, well not as always, but more recently, I got my man Rojo, aka Robert Johnson. I say aka if you're, is your full name because I only call you Rojo. How many people <laughs> even call you Robert? Uh, my family. Yeah. Or, or your mom call you by your full name. Like, exactly, you know, your mom like, call you by yeah. your full But everybody else calls you Rojo, right? <laughs> everybody else calls me Rojo. Like, yeah. here, here in Salt Lake City, yeah. and when I get back home, it's just Rob. So, yeah, it's kind of strange. It's like two different personalities. Yeah, your AKA <laughs> is Robert Johnson now. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Well, that's kind of a similar thing with me. Like, everybody calls me Kaz, and when someone says, hello, David, I'm like, oh, you must be know me from some professional setting. You remember I had you down as David in my phone. Yeah, exactly, like, originally. Like, Kaz, who? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, ding dong. The two got mixed up. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you guys for visiting us for another episode. And as promised, what we're doing from last episode is we're doing a part two. So last episode, um, Rojo and I talked about advice for parents and how to approach coaches, or more importantly, how to help your kids approach their coaches in sports situations. Now, today's episode is going to be for coaches. Now, obviously not everyone listening to this podcast is a coach, but for those people who do coach in youth sports or know someone who coaches in youth sports, or maybe you're a parent who's trying to suggest your coach of your kids to approach your kids in a different way, this might be a way for you to kind of accidentally, you know, share this podcast, slip it to them, say, hey, man, <laughs> do you know these guys? Like, man, you know, they, they, you know, I know you're not like this coach, but you might want to share this with some of your coach's friends, right? The wink, wink. Right. Mm -hmm. So I got this other coach, not you coach, but this other coach I sent this to, you might want to listen to it because it might give you some ideas to validate how great of a coach you are. That'd be a clever way. Start my son. That, yeah, <laughs> that'd be a clever way of getting this episode to coaches versus saying you suck. Listen to this episode. Mm. So let's start off by talking about some things that we talked about last week. Right. So we talked about last week's suggestions. It's always best. Even when your kids are younger, it's good to coach your kids up so that they can learn how to speak to the coaches for themselves. Now, they're like you, like you said last week, you know, the parents aren't on the field and every level that your kid goes up in any athletics, they're going to have to communicate and advocate for themselves more because the parents really should take more of a backseat role. The parents, as they get older, should, you know, obviously be doing what they're supposed to be doing to help and support their, their kids as being a good parent. But running on the court, running on the field, getting involved in the intricate details, that could really cause a lot of harm, could really cause a lot of issues to the relationship of your child and the coach. Now, there are some certain um, instances, and we got a message from someone that says, what if it's a, a very abusive coach? All right. So today we're going to comment more about um, what exactly we suggest coaches do from watching coaches that have done it right. So we're not going to give people advice like, hey, to be a good coach, you have to do all these things. What we're going to say is the good coaches that we've witnessed, that we've worked with, they've put, in th they've put certain things as a priority in their coaching style. So today's episode is not about X's and O's because we're not talking about any specific sport. Or, you know, just because we played football, you know, good coaches, they have certain qualities and attributes and traits about them. Now, there's different personalities. 
So one coach could be a really good coach, but he's maybe more introverted. One coach could be a really good coach. He's really more extroverted. But there are similarities in their approach to coaching that we want to talk about. And let's start with a, a comment last week, though, just to get this um, clear, because this comment that came in was more about what if there's an abusive coach, like mm -hmm. a coach that is actually bad, right? Or just a really bad coach. For me personally, I don't care what it has to do with in regards if it's a parent, if it's a teacher, if it's a coach, that relationship can't grow and it can't be successful if there's not safety first. Mm -hmm. Not to sound cheesy, not to sound anything, but for example, if you have a coach that's running their kids when it's 120 degrees outside and they're overexerting them, that's not safe. Yes. Right? Yes. If you have a coach that's oh, okay, you got to come out here and you can't wear a jacket, you can't wear anything, we're going to be running in, in, in two degree weather outside in a blizzard. That may not necessarily be safe either, right? So it's not just emotional safety, it's physical safety too. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have a coach that's being very derogatory, um, using a lot of bad language, not just a curse word here or there, especially as they get older. If you have a coach that's demeaning kids, that's making them feel horrible about themselves continually, not a coach that was just grumpy and had a bad day. Let's talk about that for a second. The first thing that comes to my mind is in today's world, most people have a cell phone on them. Mm. And I can't imagine, I've had a couple of parents show me videos of a coach. In fact, one time uh, last year, there was a coach during a seven-on-seven -seven football tournament. And they showed me a video of the opposing coach cursing and yelling at his own son on the team. It was so bad that people from the other side were videoing and say, man, this coach, I don't know, even though it was his own son, it made everyone really uncomfortable. And of course he did it a little bit to his players, but not as bad. So they were wondering, what do we do with this? We don't think this kid, this guy should be coaching. I don't know what that league would do, but I said, Hey, listen, if you feel it's not right and you have that on video, you have actual proof and you know, maybe he doesn't get fired, but like anything, accountability is huge. So yes. I think coaches, most coaches, even if they make a mistake, I think they should have the opportunity to correct themselves and become better coaches. The one thing that I'd say doesn't count, though, is if they lay hands on kids. Yeah. But what I mean, do you think? You think about a coaches, um, you are who you are. Yeah. You know, sometimes um, it get, it, it's getting glorified. It's like, hey, this coach can be so good. But then sometimes behind the scenes, when things get a little tough, they can say they, they can be completely different. They can be way different. But you know, you coach got, comes to mind. Is remember Indiana Hoosiers basketball coach? So, so, so yeah, see, and I was going to mention, I was <laughs> you guys mention, remember him? Yeah, right? I was going to mention, like, you know, like now you having these docs that come out, you know, these, these, these documentaries, these these videos and everything. And um, uh, it's something that's on Netflix that's talk about coaches. And um, one of them that that, came, that comes to mind quick is a coach that was on Team U and it was joined, it was showing the during college football yeah. programs. and. Oh my God, that coach, he was crazy from what I felt like. The way he was cussing out players and the way that he was going about it. And it took him, for him to been doing this for so many years, it took him to go back to watch. And see and, the and documentary. See, yeah. yeah, and see what Was he, his Last Chance You? Yeah, La yeah. Last Chance You, not Team yeah. yeah, Last Chance yeah. You. And it, it took him to go back and see how he was like, how he was carrying on to be like, oh wow, like that's, that's not me. And like everybody's like, well, it kind of is you because it's, it's on film. You know, the eye in the sky don't lie. It's like, this is you. But he really changed up who he was. He, he was very accountable for it. And now he's, he's a, he coaches in a different, a, a different way now. He still has that in him, which is the fire that, you know, like sometimes that fire can come out 
the wrong way. And um, yep. he really is one of the coaches that come to mind of like me watching that. I just, oh my God, like, I don't think I'll be able to play for him because he, it, it has nothing to do with football now. It's like, it's a, yeah, it's a this becomes attack. really personal. Yeah. yeah. Like this well, and, and, and that's what I, that's what I, I, I'm glad you said. I want to get into that because unless it's a safety issue, unless the coach is putting your kids in harm's way, then, okay, if they're not putting your kids in harm's way, then it becomes more mental and emotional. Maybe they're making it personal. Maybe they're just being overly aggressive. You as a parent, I would say, do have the right to be able to film that. Now, what you do with that film, that's going to be based upon you. I personally would suggest, generally speaking, now I don't know what, because a lot of people are going to watch this and say, no, we've had the worst coach in the world. Mm-hmm. We wanted this guy fired. We wanted this, that, and the other. All these bad things happen to him. I would say, act quickly. If you see a coach acting and behaving and whiling out and having a bad time, whatever, record it. It does take a lot of courage to show the coach that. But the approach of how you use, because you could give that to the league. You could say, listen, let's get this guy fired. Let's attack him. Mm -hmm. That may not be the first step you should make. I believe that the first step is that you should go to the coach, say, coach, listen, I was just recording the practice, doing my thing. Give some compliments to the coach up front. Say, listen, I appreciate all these things you're doing for my kids, this and that, whatever. I just want to let you know, and I, I did record you, and I think you need to see this because I believe that you didn't mean to come across this way, and I want you to see it yourself because I know for me, I don't realize I'm being overbearing. I don't realize I'm being intense. And this, I hear this from a lot of parents. Well, parents will be like, I'm not being mean. I'm not mad. I'm not yelling. And then the kids record them. Mm. And then the kid shows it to me. This happened multiple times. And then I show the parents, say, listen, I don't want you to get mad at your kid. We're trying to help you. Is this person that you're watching right now, is that what you think you look like? Or is that the opposite of what you want to look like? A couple times, this hasn't happened a lot, but the two times when parents had the courage, I've had parents record it, but they're like, I'm not showing this to the coach. I'm going to go straight to the league. I'm like, you could do that, but you're in the middle of a season. Yeah. Do you think they're going to fire the coach? No, they're not going to fire him. Well, then why don't you try to help the coach first? So the two people that did go and do that, they showed the coach. The coach, one coach immediately was embarrassed. The other coach was defensive, came back later and really like, okay, I don't want to lose my job. That didn't look good. And the parents in both times, I said, you tell them, we're not showing this to the league. We're not putting this on a group chat with all the parents to see. We're showing this to you because we think you're better than that. And that, that's not really what you want to approach. We believe in you, coach. That, in both cases, did change the coach's attitude. Now, the first coach was more open, like, I'm embarrassed. He broke down and started saying he's having family problems at home, right? Mm -hmm. The second coach was really defensive and guarded at first, but then came back, like, called the family, said, hey, listen, like, I appreciate you not sending this in because, yeah, that's not going to look good for me if you sent that in. So what do do you think about that, taking that approach when you're dealing with it? Because we're starting from the worst-case scenario, really aggressive coach yelling at kids. And this coach laid into some kids wasn't pretty man it was pretty aggressive and but what you're right completely right the way that my opinion the way i feel when it comes to my kid i'll do the exact same thing of like as a parent i got to remember parent your kids comes first yeah. just at the end of the day you're naturally gonna be protective yeah, of you're gonna kids. protect them yeah. but then if you were to show a video like that to a coach you can get the feel of how he's going to accept it or how she's going to accept it because it could be a woman coach as well you know, like it can, right. they can it, based it can, upon the way they react to yeah, it will tell you a lot. They'll tell you, yeah. If they react to it a certain way, that will tell you how you like, okay, my kid is not safe here, or this was deeper, or I see that the coach is gonna learn from it. So hearing your two examples, 
that is the best way to go about it is that even if a coach is defensive, you find a, a, a common ground of like maybe this coach would hear this and really see that I'm not the only one that's saying this. You know, I'm not the only one that's seen it. Other kids are feeling it. And if that coach is a good coach, he can learn from it. And maybe even address it as like a private meeting with the team and like, hey, like, how do y'all feel about me? Like, honestly, you know, like sometimes it takes those coaches to have that ability to step back and put themselves in those kids' shoes where it's like, hey, would I respond good if my coach was talking to me this way? So let me have a private meeting. Or you could you could suggest it as a parent to a coach where it's just like, hey, um, you know, like I, this video didn't really I didn't I don't really like the way this was, you know, like. It, it embarrassed it embarrassed me as a parent the way that you were speaking to the kids and I want you to see this and also if you want to have a meeting with the kids and just talk to them and see because most of us coaches or most of the coaches that coach they care about the kids a lot it's just sometimes it's the way that they present it to it might be a little bit differently than what we expected and I mean there's so much value in the way you come at someone it is it is if you come at someone correct. It doesn't guarantee that their response is going to be good, but it definitely increases that probability. Oh, you could, you could break a kid's spirit. Uh, that could be one of the top players, and you could break their spirit easily with certain words that you say or, or certain actions that you, that you lead by at practice that can make a kid feel like they got to play in a robot. Like I say robot where it's just like they're out there doing, they're out there doing exactly what the coach is telling them to do instead of out there doing what, football IQ, basketball IQ, baseball IQ, you know, like sometimes kids are very athletic, but when you can break them down and talk to them crazy, it can, it can shape them into like not wanting to do certain plays, which means that what type of coach are you? Well, and it goes also with the coach too, because the suggestion that we're given, um, like recording it and, you know, it, Film it, study. It, 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 exactly. <laughs> it's like it every Film coach study. wants the kid to watch the film of how they behave and how they act on the field or on the mm -hmm. court or wherever, whatever the sport is. If you show the coach that and you come at the coach way, Hey, listen, I'm showing this to you for your betterment. But if I recorded this, you don't think other parents are seeing this. And a lot of coaches are very intimidating and they don't even realize they are. Some yeah. coaches want to be intimidating, but I've talked to a lot of parents where they say, we'd say something to the coach, but we're scared. It's going to hurt our kid. We're scared. It's going to have a problem with them. So I'm going to use an example real quick. A friend of mine, he's a high school football coach. I'm not going to say what state or where the high school football coach. I had a, had a pretty deep personal conversation with him because he told me that um, he's not sure if he wants to coach anymore. And the big reason why I said he wasn't sure if he wanted to coach anymore, um, one, the team's not, they're not bad, but they haven't been like doing that good. Right. Mm -hmm. So of course he's going to get a lot of criticism, but he said, he goes, everybody keeps on telling him that he's mean, he's intimidating, that players don't come and talk to him. And then he told me, he goes, well, if the parents would just come talk to me, if the, parent, if the kids would just come talk to me, then I'd be totally understanding. He's like, you see, you know me for a long time. Like, you see, I'm a reasonable, I'm a nice guy, and I'm sitting there listening to him. And when he got done telling me all this stuff, I said, do you want me to tell you how I really feel? Mm. And he kind of looked at me like, because I'm friends. I mean, we're friends. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, you're right. We are friends. I do know you. You're not friends with these parents. You're not friends with these kids. <laughs> they did not meet you in the same situation growing up that I met you in. I know that you're a freaking big looking, intimidating dude that's soft as heck and would do anything for me if I called you. He's like, right, I'm a great guy. He wanted these people to see him for the guy that he never shows. Justify why he's a good, and, a good guy. 
And he was like, well, why are they intimidated by me? Why are they intimidated by me? And I said, because you look like an a-hole. Because you act like you, like you, I go, you're putting up this guard to these parents and, and these kids of this machismo, like, like, listen, I'm in control. I go, you know what that shows me? You don't feel comfortable. You're getting insecure. And when you first started coaching there, you relaxed, you were like, you were funny, you told, told jokes. I said, you said you don't like your job anymore. You said you went through all these personal family stuff with marriage and kids and a whole lot of stuff he went through his life. Do any of those parents and those kids know that? He's like, no, I'm not going to tell my personal stuff. But they're seeing your personal issues affect out. you and they think you're mad at them. After the conversation I had with him, I think it had a really good in impact on him because his last thing was like, well, what do I do? I said, you have a team meeting and you be vulnerable to the kids. Say, listen, I know. I haven't always been the easiest person to talk to. I know I can be intimidating. Just address the elephant in the room, man. Yeah. Well, and then call the parents up have a, and say the same thing to the parents. Say, hey, listen, I've been going through a lot of stuff. Not that, excuse me. I apologize to you, but don't just apologize. Say you're going to do better and how you're going to do it. Working through something. Working so through then this, yeah. this year he told me they had more team dinners. They've tried to work more on the culture. He had a lot of kids on the team that stopped playing football that were some of the best athletes in the school. They didn't want to leave the school because they grew up there, but they didn't want to play football anymore. And he's like, oh, if I don't have the best athletes in school that are playing football their whole entire life, quitting in their junior or senior season, I might as well quit myself. And I said, well, then you got to go tell them that. Before the season started, he pulled all the potential guys in the summer. He paid for it. I go, don't ask people like, hey, let's do a potluck. Yeah. I go, go in your savings account, do your thing, come out. And you let them know, I wanted to do this out of my heart to let you guys know I need to be better. And as a coach, if I'm asking you to be better on the field, I need to be better on the field too. Once he had that conversation, he called me up this summer. He goes, I think I saved some of the, some of the players that were, were on the fence. Mm -hmm. A number of the parents came up to me and said, thank you. I appreciate it. Because I think you're right, though. I think I have offended a lot of kid, parents because a number of them, they looked at me like they were like, hey, we appreciate it. But they still gave me those skeptical hippo eyes. They're like, mm, I don't know, because he's kind of a jerk. He'll come he, back. And, like, and he's, they're not really sure if it's sure. legit. Like, they liked what they heard. But now, I'm not last. in that I don't live no. in the community where he lives. But he goes, I can tell some of them were a little suspect. Of <laughs> but what he, go, what he got from this, he goes, thank you for that conversation. Because when I did say this, he goes, I actually felt better. I didn't realize how my own personal intensity was causing. He goes, you're right. When I first got the job, it was my first head coaching job. He was excited. He was like trying to be the cheerleader. And he goes, now five, six years down the road, I'm like, what do you want? He was, grum he was that grumpy was old grumpy. man. Yeah. And then you think about these coaches and like um, a coach can easily have a player run through a wall. If you motivate them the right exactly. way, you can have them run through a wall. But then it's like not, they'll do anything for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, they'll coach. do anything for you. You know, that's the, that's that term behind do anything for you. But then it's a lot of coaches that, well, I say a small few because you can find a special coach that's good, but when that coach is willing to run through the wall with you, it oh, it sky's the limit at that moment because that turns into the trust. That turns into the coach can say we're going to have practice at a certain time, and all the players will show up instead of certain ones not going to show up or I don't know. But then that bleeds back into like, is this coach cussing out this player on a personal level, or is he or is he cussing out this player? at a level where you need to be better for the team. I, I want to ask you a question. I've heard a number of coaches and knees, in my opinion, I don't, I don't know if they were all great coaches, but all the ones I'm thinking of, 
they all had a certain type of language that they used. So, for example, Coach Ron McBride used to talk like this. A couple other coaches that uh, I really respected, and even though they weren't my coaches, I'm like, man, these kids are lucky to have this coach. They said, these are my boys. Yes. These are my kids. It, it That's my different. guy. It, yeah. Now, when they <laughs> said, this is mine, I remember hearing Coach McBride one time said, he goes, these are my players, but they're also my kids. And I asked him, I said, well, why do you always call us your kids? He said, because long after you're done playing sports, if I did a good job, you'll always still see me as a male father role model figure. And he said when he was on the podcast here, he said, Coach Ron McBride, he goes, because a lot of the kids that I worked with didn't have good father figures in their life. They didn't have a good role model. And even the ones that did have a father figure in their life, any good dad's going to want another male to also influence his son well because it takes a village to mm-hmm. raise a child. So I love it when coaches like, you're my guys, you're my kids. When they have that ownership, it doesn't just talk about a culture being like family. You're telling them, that I need to act like a father, not just a coach. Yeah, and some now, of those kids catch it, and some of those kids like like hearing, they like hearing that. that. Like it's not they I'm, like that. We're not saying all the kids is going to catch that little bit of a thing, but no, it's it's really important. And like this, it's funny that we talk about because you can go into like a relationship wise too. Like say if you got a, you got a, you got a chick that you hanging out with, and you 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 know you went there a lot, and y'all go out, and they say who is this? You better get that title right. You better get that tag right because that's something small that can bleed over. So my girl compared to my home girl, that's something that I mean, Or my friend. <laughs> or my friend. Yeah. Like that's something yeah. that's like that's small, but yeah. it can kind of go a long way. And it's exactly how it is with football with, with sports. Labels like, are important. Yeah, those labels, those little small titles, some of those players can pick it. And and you saying that make me think about some of my best coaches that I have growing up, like I really did catch on to them saying, this is my players compared to these are my boys. Like, these are my boys. Like, and come to defense when something happened yeah. where it's like, I know my boys. Like, yeah. you know, not I know my players. Because yes. it's so different. Totally different. It's so, yeah, it's so different when you hear it, especially in like, like when the shit hit the fire, you know, like when it's, it's like we in it, it's like if a coach be like, oh, okay, you know, players are ready. It doesn't really hit right, but when it comes it to like, sound the same. like you know, my boys, y'all ready, boys, y'all ready, y'all ready to do this, you know, like y'all ready, y'all ready, sons or are ready daughters or whatever. It's it just makes it sound different, and some kids would would click that into their brain of like he cares about me. This coach cares about me more than just what I'm doing on the field, you know. Yeah. So the first thing I think we can all we both agree on. I think our listeners will understand for coaches the language, the words you choose the to describe you choose. your players are very important. Then the mm-hmm. words you choose, so going off of language, I think it's very important the words you choose to discipline them and to motivate them. So in disciplining, it can be intense, it can be powerful, but it doesn't have to be personal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because discipline, discipline is a must when it comes to any sports. It's like you got to get better if you can't get better. Exactly. You can't get better if you're not disciplined. And sometimes that discipline can be a team thing and sometimes it could be just um you missed you missed class and it's just like i have to punish you you know like the punishment or the discipline doesn't has to be a personal like okay attack on this individual or on on my player because pretty much when you're doing a personal attack i feel like my mind as a player is like coach you're looking at me as a player now it's like you're just a player like i can replace you it's like but when you're disciplining me on a level of like making me understand that hey this is part of like the team 
then it's like a father that's just like, hey, I have to punish you. I have to discipline you on this matter because this is something that we're going to learn from and we're going to take our time from, you know. So it's one of those things that's just like those words can go a long way and they can, oh, man, they can just hurt people. They can, they can genuinely hurt players. I, I've used this, this phrase in many, many podcasts with parents, but I heard this from a coach a long time ago and I never forgot it. And it was very direct towards me. He said, you made a mistake. You know what you did wrong. Now go make up for it. Huh. That was yeah. so much different than what the hell's what, wrong with yes. you. <laughs> totally what the different. hell's wrong with you is yeah. very personal. And it made me like, it's like, I feel like using like that shameful approach. That's very old school, but it's not really necessary. No. Because the coaches that you really feel like you disappointed them personally. It's different. It's it makes you want to do better. Like, like my, my junior college coach, like a prime example, my junior college coach, like um, when, I, when I was at my junior college, every day I practiced, we was told that we had to get two turnovers. And it was just like, you have to get two turnovers or you, you're going to be um, running some laps at the end of practice. Now, we, I, got, I got so used to hearing it that whenever we go up against the offense, it was like, okay, I know that I can make two turnovers. And I was making it consistently, like kind of like making it a lot. And I think that my coach was like paying attention, like, okay, when Rojo step up and do what he has to do, he helps the team. And it was one practice that I wasn't feeling it. I, was, I really wasn't. I was like, I'm like, fuck practice. I really wasn't saying, like, I'm done with practice. Like, I'm, uh. And I think he knew. I think he knew it. So he, like, put an emphasis on, like, you better make sure y'all get turnovers. Y'all get turnovers. Y'all get turnovers. But I think he was more of, like, planting that seed of, like, everybody know Robert's going to get these turnovers. But I didn't feel like it. I just wasn't in a mood. Like, not that day. I was like, yeah. no, this is not me. At the end of practice, he made me stand up in front of everybody. And he just was like, what were you doing? I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, you didn't get the turnovers. I'm like, it's a team thing. And he said, no, it ain't such thing as a team thing. This is something that you take personally. This is something that I didn't watch you take in of like, I need to get these. And yet today you decide to let the team down. He said, what do you think this is? What should I do to you? I'm like, it ain't got nothing to do with me. And that's when he was like, yeah, that's the problem. Right now, today you having that ain't that, it ain't me, it ain't me. Everybody has to run. The offense and the defense have to run because of me. And I'm just like, dude, what the, like, what the hell are you trying to prove? Like, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to prove something. But little did I know that that was something that was, he planted that inside of me of like, you can be really good. You have to be able to be on your A game even at practice. So that bled over until like now I'm like, okay, I got to get interceptions. I got to get turnovers. I get over to the University of Utah, my very first game against UCLA. Everybody was wondering, the one of the plays that I did, which I, I dove out, um, and the receiver, he was getting ready to score, dove out the ball, rolled to the back of the end zone. Everybody was like, did you know that was happening? I said, no. It was like, well, you caused a turnover. Did you know that? I said, no. My thing was I just wanted to play to the end of the whistle. I didn't care about turnovers. I knew that I can get turnovers, but I also knew that if I play hard, they will come. But that's what my coach taught me in my junior college about turnovers. Just like, you naturally can do this, but yet, you choose today not to do it? Well, <laughs> what you just said, he said to you, the whole entire time you're talking, I was only thinking one thing. That sounds like a father talking to his oldest son. Yeah. Like he he's seen something that he cares. It's like, you know you're capable of cleaning yes. your room. Now your little brother's now not going to clean now his now room. You're leaving, you're now you did that. Like, you're leaving your team out to dry because you decide to be selfish. And it's like, exactly. I, he's like, I expect you to do this now. It's like, you've been doing it so consistently. I expect you to do it. And yet, you don't even expect it in yourself. So how the hell are you supposed to be my leader and be somebody that, that's supposed to be accountable, and yet you decide today that you just don't want to do it? 
And it just, it, it stayed with me. And it got me to where that point of like, you just mentioned of like, I might not be the, the true leader of yeah. the defense, but in the coach eye, it's like, Robert, you are my oldest. I know that I can share something with you and it will bleed it down to the defense because something that was important to him getting turnovers was like, it's important to me. He knew that it was important to me naturally, but yet this one day I decided, I'm like, ah, whatever. Man. Well, it's a great <laughs> example because with our kids and as fathers, we want our, our kids who are capable to be role models for the ones who are still learning, right? And just because you're all on the same team and you had your you know selfish moment, it's like, hey, listen, if you're capable of doing this, don't take a play or don't take time off because now you're letting everybody else down. Mm -hmm. And that was actually leading a perfect segue into the second thing. So we talked about language. We talked about not to make it personal. The other thing is that the best coaches I've seen really do embrace. I'm a coach and I'm a father figure. Yeah. Ideally. Now, many coaches may not have been that good at dads in their personal life. But they had an ideal of what a really good dad is. So if you're being a dad for 20 young men, or if you're being a mom for, you know, 10 young women, regardless of what the sport is, right? Or, or, or a dad for 10 young women, if you're the mm -hmm. coach of a, of a girls basketball team, right? Whatever that is, if you're saying, I'm taking on a parental role, then you're going to talk to your, your, your players different as if they're your children. As your children, you're trying to bring them up because that game is one moment. That's not life. Yeah. Like, so you're saying, I'm going to coach you. I'm going to coach you with the, the X and O's. I'm your coach. The relationship, I'm a parental figure. I'm trying to teach you not just about the sport, but teach you how to get along with your brothers and sisters. The game of life. How to, how to be able. That's why so many people love to have their kids in sports because it's a good metaphor of working with other people that you don't get along with. Because Lord knows you don't like all I your siblings. Like I know my, not all my siblings get along to this day. They don't get along. Right. But do we still love each other? Yes. It's a common goal. Learn, exactly. Do you learn how to deal with combative energy? When a family goes through crisis, that's a real thing. When a, when a, when a team loses a game and they go through their internal strifes, the best coaches are good at modeling parental advice and parental guidance, right? They see that they have a dual role. The coaches, in my opinion, that are focused just on coaching the X's and O's, they don't see that being a parental role is necessary. And a lot of them don't want to take on that parental role. I don't think it has to do with you want to take it on or not take it on. It's literally part of your job description. And I'm not These saying they're all successful people. either. Some of them are not. Some of them How are, many coaches spend yeah. more time at, with that kid than his own dad would spend with him that week? If you're in like the middle of a season and you're a football coach or a basketball coach, you may, especially if your dad works a lot or whatever, you may spend more time with that young man than his own father. Does. Yes. And that's what we try to tell players too. I know that's a different topic where it's like you with your brothers or your sisters, you know, like all day, like, like think about just yeah. a school, think about a school set and you wake up, go to school, you're in classes with some of your teammates. And then it's like, you're walking to class with some of your teammates. You're spending lunch together as a team most of the time. And then right after school, you're with your teammates. And it's like, you don't believe like, like I hate when people try to make it seem like a coach. You're not, you're not here all the time. You're not at the house all the time. It's like, but think about the amount of hours that I put into your kid. Like, you know, like I'm um, at the end of the day, sometimes I can say certain things and I could probably say the same thing that you said as a parent, but it might hit them differently, especially if I'm a coach that they respect. Yeah. And I, and I'm not talking down to them because sometimes players don't even want to go home. They want to hang out with coaches. 
Exactly. And they end up like breaking down and talking about relationship issues with coaches, personal issues, because sometimes the coach, if you have a good relationship with the coach, the coach is like your practice run before you go home and tell your parents, Mm -hmm. like, Hey coach, like I'm kind of struggling in school. So the last thing I want to bring up, I, we could probably go on a 10, 20 more different like suggestions for coaches. The last thing I want to bring up, um, it, it also has to do with communication. This is one that I've had some pushback from some coach friends of mine. Most oh. of them take my advice on it, but uh, they're a little, they're a little reluctant to do this one because they think it's opening up more problems for them. When in reality, I tell them, hey, you guys know in sports, sometimes the best defenses have a really good offense. You got to uh, go first. I don't know about that one. <laughs> I don't know about yeah. that. We might, we, yeah. we might get into that topic. <laughs> the key word is sometimes the best defense is to have a really good offense. Meaning if you... Go first. If you do something so, yeah. ahead of time. <laughs> it's a definite fact. He's not seen the metaphor. Re- 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 receive, receive, receiver and safety. Defensive no, guy, right? I'm about to listen to it because I want to know about this. <laughs> so what I mean by this, so with coaches, is before the season starts, before things get going, a lot of coaches avoid talking with parents as much as they can. They don't want to engage it. They'll do it if they have to. Mm-hmm. So you send out an email, you send out a text to every single player's parent. In that email and that text, you tell them. I'm excited to have your kid on my team. I'm looking forward to the season. If you know the kid, make a couple of personal comments. Man, I can see they're growing, this and that. If you don't know the kid, listen, I look forward to getting to know your, your son, your daughter, whatever. And then you add the next part, which is really important. And as being their coach, I take my job very seriously. And I know I'm going to be an important part of their life. So what I was wondering is if you could help me out with that. If there's anything about your kid that you think will be helpful for me to know their personality, what motivates them, blah, blah, blah. Please let me know. I'd love to hear it. Then you close with this. If there's anything throughout the season that you're unhappy with, that you're frustrated about, or you're unsure you don't understand, please don't hold that in. The last thing I want is for a parent to build up resentment towards me. Hey, listen, you can, like one of my friends, I told him to do this one because it was a true statement. I said, tell him this. Listen. My wife will tell you, sometimes I don't pick up on obvious hints. <laughs> sometimes I'm not the best one at noticing things. So the last thing I want to do is for you to hold resentment or something against me at the end of the season, come to find out that we could resolve this in a conversation. So please tell me your complaints. I'd rather you complain to me and we work it out than for me to act like I'm perfect and for you to sit there and don't feel like you have a voice in your kids' experience on this team. The coaches I said this to, they were like, oh, no, I'm opening up Pandora's box. They're already wanting to hear this. They're already wanting to hear this. I said, trust me, trust me. The coaches that did it, they said, dang, this helped in a couple ways. One, parents were more open to talk about things and open up things. They were more respectful of their time because they were invited to complain, invited to share thoughts and feelings. If you feel like the coach isn't going to want to hear you, then you build up, build it up, and then you just let out. Like you're complaining. You're going on for an hour. And the coach is like, really? Like, Mm why would you hold this in for so long? Two, the other part of that that really helped out was that when a parent did have a gripe, when a parent did get frustrated and they message or text, the first thing the coach did was, thank you for reaching out to me. Just like in the text or the email I gave you in the beginning of the season, I'm so glad you trust me that you're giving me the benefit of the doubt that I'm not trying to be a bad coach. I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to make your kids sad or whatever it may be. So thank you for trusting me. I'm glad we can work as partners to help your kid. 
instantly you calm down the drama. And that goes a long way. It goes a long <laughs> way. And for all you coaches out there, there's a special third part to this job security. If you have that paper trail that you communicated to the parents, they came to you, you communicated that way, and they try to get you fired, you got substantial evidence that you did above and beyond what a coach needs to do to listen their complaints. Because let's face it, I told, we talked about last time, sometimes there's some bad coaches. Sometimes there's some coaches out there who don't have it. Well, guess what? Sometimes there's some crazy parents. Yeah. Sometimes there's some parents that, like Uncle Rico, <laughs> didn't get to finish their high school career the way they thought it was going to go. They got this like living through their kid vicariously or maybe the parents going through a hard time and they're like, this is the only thing in my life that makes me happy yeah. and my kid's not starting. So if you get a crazy parent or a parent who's emotionally unstable, maybe they're not crazy, they're just in a bad place in their life, and you get that parent throwing all these complaints at you, you now have, look what I did to your athletic director, to the person in charge lead. I did this, and that, and the other. The coaches that did that, they were like, this is very good, and it's also clever, and it's also job securing, because last thing you want is for one parent who's off the rails to tarnish your reputation. Yeah. That parent can make you look like you don't care. They can go gossip over everybody. But if you're like, hey, listen, I got the receipts right here and all the messages and all the other parents like, man, well, I, I opened up and I told my complaints. He dealt with it fine or she dealt with it fine. Maybe that parent's the issue and not the coach. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? I mean, that, that's it's a team effort. Like that, hearing that, it, it is a good offense. You know, I would say that. But no. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah. <laughs> see, he came around. I, I brought him around. No, 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 but hearing that, you know, it is because say say that you do have a player that's that's not performing as well. Like when you're on the same page as the parent and you're coaching pretty good, that parent would back you up, like, you know, outside of sports, like outside of that football conversation or outside of that sport conversation where yep. where they'll have your back of like, wait, you know, the coach is really the coach is really caring about you on another level. You know, and it can go vice versa too, where if you're a terrible not terrible coach, but you're doing some terrible things and saying some terrible things, that parent will will light I mean, that fire will be lit and they'll put gas on it. So like oh, yeah. they'll, they will make sure to not just bury you, but they'll make sure where they they'll don't either, have your back. There's a good chance they'll either defend you or they'll be skeptical they'll be, and add fuel to the fire. It's rarely in the middle. Yes. It's yes, usually it's more like, you know, I've had some bad interactions with that coach. Or, no, I, they've always been cool with me. Yep. It's usually one or it's the one other. one or the other, yeah. And then it, then it boils down to like the kid. It's like, my kid, how do you feel about him? Because if that coach is talking crazy to the kid and making the kid feel unworthy, you know, it's definitely going to come back home. And no matter how much that email that you suggested that would be good to send out or try to meet with the parents, the parents are going to have that back of their mind of like, I recorded him doing something completely different than what he said. Well, and also too, sometimes if you just give a parent the invitation to be able to talk to you openly, sometimes they, they, parents sometimes don't even talk to you. They don't even, they're they, like, oh, like in a relationship, if like, oh, that person's totally willing to get criticism and feedback. Okay, uh, that's all I need to know that they're cool yeah. with that. Versus like, I bet if I said this, they'll get mad. Well, this how so many people have all these conversations in their head and then they never say anything and then the resentment builds inside yeah. them towards the coach. And it helps those players. Like yeah. it can help the players like just crazy, like to a different level because if a kid is seeing something as that they see that's on the field or on whatever the events that they're doing and the coaches is not seeing it, like I said in the first the, the first part, our part one episode that y'all should go check out and subscribe and check it out, um, that player will be open to go talk to the coach and be like, hey, coach, I've seen it this way. And the coach will be very open like, 
all right, you seen it that way. Let's make some adjustments. And then Good that's point. a winning that's a winning team right there. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be easier for the parent to advocate to their kid to go talk coach if the yeah. coach already made the parent feel like they could talk they to could them talk too. They could talk to him. Mm-hmm. It's point, like we're all point. what they say it, it takes it takes a village to raise to raise a kid, you know. Absolutely. And absolutely. when you're on a team, that team it spreads out. It goes deep. Yeah. It, it's not just the, within the team. Like my teammates, is like, no, you got the coach and you got the parents that's like involved because they're watching. They're watching their kid evolve into this amazing human being. And for you coaches out there, if you got other parents saying to other parents, like let's say a parent has good interaction with you, and then another parent's griping on the bleachers, you'll never know it. But that parent be like, hey, you know what? You should just go talk to him. We talked to him. He was cool. Really? Because I feel like he wouldn't be. No, actually, that email that he sent, the text he sent, like he actually meant it. And then the other parents like. Oh, so that way you could squash it. Same thing oh. with kids. A kid could be on the court, right, or on the field, and one of the teammates is like, man, I'm so mad at coach. He'll never play me this and that. Well, I went and talked to him last week, and he was really, you should go tell my field. No, I can't. The best advocates are other parents, are other parents. and other players. <laughs> like, still, like, yeah, like yeah. if you have other, if you have some of your play, players vouching for you, if you have other parents vouching for you, your job is pretty secure. Yeah, because the same way. As long as you win a couple games, too. Yeah, you, you do. Win. You do. And, then, and then, like, in, in Small Lake City, yeah. you know, like, in Small Lake City, you have these you have these parents that you might have a kid where they was all together on the same team in a Pop Warner League, and they wind up going to different high schools. And if you're a good coach and you were doing exactly what you was mentioning about being very open with the parents and talking to them and your players, and say if your team is not doing good, there still might be other yeah. parents that will pull their kid to come like I want you to I want him to because they like the coach. because they like and it's like it's yeah. it's bigger than, it's bigger than what we're doing Agreed. it's bigger and sometimes it's like, you got the right coach they just didn't have the talent so have then the you talent. bring in the yes. other players yeah. yeah and then it just happens to it goes that way where it's like dude those parents the parents can definitely make a break yeah. and then on top of that the way that you talk to their kid can make a break who you are as the coach and if you want to keep a job yeah. <laughs> Well, coaches out there, and for all you parents, share this with the coaches in your life. Coaches out there, please take some of our suggestions. You know, we're, we're just we're just some dudes try, trying to help the experience for families, for coaches. We want everybody to have a great experience in youth sports and high school sports in any sort of competitive sports or even non-competitive sports, just to have a better time and to be able to get the most out of it because at the end of it, it's all about the relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Now, um, stay tuned for our next episode we're going to be talking about a very unique relationship in the household that he and I both are experiencing. And I've had over 20 years of experience with my own private practice. And this relationship is the relationship between a father and his oldest son. Give you a little bit of a hint. Walt Disney or Disney, the the company has made billions of dollars off the father oldest son relationship. And I'll tell you all about that in next episode. So for now, you guys, thank you. As always, you know, follow us on Instagram, follow us on YouTube. And until next time, thank you for helping us to light the fight. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 